0: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hosts of Eden. Written and performed by Jay McFarland. Episode 2, Not What They Seem. So if you remember last time on The Hosts of Eden, Dr. Marion was confronted by some very bizarre behavior by one of her patients. Remember, that's Johnny. He's suffering from multiple personality disorder. All of the sudden, he's claiming to be the president of the United States. And he has some very specific knowledge about the current president. Now, this can't be because he's been in confinement with no knowledge of the outside world for at least seven years. So she's left wondering if this is someone's idea of a cruel joke, or is there something else going on here? So later that day, as Marion is trying to process everything that had happened, she meets with her best friend Jordan at their typical coffee shop location. And as usual, her friend Jordan is probing Marion about... Her relationship status. Marion's always trying to change the subject when this comes up. And she says sarcastically, You know, I'm really starting to think that a life in a convent would be an upgrade to this life. They both laugh together and then Jordan tries to encourage a friend Marion. You know, have you ever considered that you put way too much pressure on yourself... You know, you're always looking for Mr. Right instead of just Mr. Mostly Okay. Marion responds sarcastically. You know, right now, I think I would go for Mr. Mostly Alive. They both laugh again. Hey, whatever happened to Marcus? Jordan asks. He seemed mostly alive. Oh, he was mostly alive, all right, Marion responds. But he was also only mostly faithful. Oh, Jordan says, and they two laugh again. Hey, remember to keep your promise, Jordan says. What promise, Marion asks. Jordan reminds her, you know, the one you're going to set up an online dating profile. Try online dating for a change. Oh, that promise, Marion says. I did it last night. I actually set up my profile and everything. Jordan knows her friend Marion way too well. Yeah, but did you actually turn on your profile? You know, so other people could see it? Marion knows she's caught, and she says, I would, but I don't have any good pictures. Now you're just making excuses, Jordan says. Well, it was an excuse, but Marion truly did not like any pictures of herself. And now she always seems to be in a lab coat with her hair in a bun. It almost seems as though it's her self-defense mechanism against the opposite sex. But now Jordan has her uncomfortable, so she seeks to change the subject in her normal way. Hey, Marion says, did I tell you that I almost got killed by a patient today? Later that night, we find Marion, where we always find her at this time of the evening, in her apartment, alone. Sitting on her couch, she's sipping on a glass of wine. She's going back and forth in her mind between her notebook and her dating profile. In the background, the television is always on, just to fill the silent void in her apartment. She never really pays much attention to the news. But again, she's going back and forth between her dating profile and this research website on multiple personality disorder. She's reading about the emergence of new, much more aggressive personalities like the one she met in Johnny earlier that day. And as she reads, she notices in the background that the State of the Union address with the real President Ronald J. Fillmore is playing. She looks up and studies the president for a moment, and then she chuckles to herself. (laughs) Yeah, Johnny, my patient, the president of the United States. Well, at least it makes my job interesting. And then she goes back to the research website. The president continues to give his address. She can hear the applause in the background, but again, not paying too much attention to what he's saying. And then she hears the words come out of President Fillmore's mouth. The true cost of freedom is that there will be those who abuse that freedom. And in order to protect the freedom, we must punish the abuser, not limit the freedom. Followed by a huge applause. Marion looks up at the TV, and of course, she is very confused. Certainly, she did not hear what she thinks she just heard. She grabs a remote and rewinds the State of the Union address and plays back the words as she reads from the file folder and the words that she had written down earlier that day from her patient, Johnny. The true cost of freedom is that there will be those who abuse that freedom. And in order to protect the freedom, we must punish the abuser not limit the freedom Marion's mouth drops almost to the floor she cannot believe what she's hearing she rewinds again and listens back to the words as she reads them in her file folder over and over again each time the words matching perfectly with what she had written down earlier that day. She is confused and surprised. How could this be, she asks herself. It's one thing to think that one of her staff members was playing a joke on her, but how could they possibly know what was going to be in the president's speech? Then she thinks to herself, This must be a common phrase. I'm sure the president stole it or borrowed it from somebody. I'll just go online and I'll find the source of the information and then that will explain everything. So she grabs her laptop and she types in that phrase about the cost of freedom. But she can't find it anywhere. Except in brand new reports about the president's speech that day. She searches in every possible way that she can imagine, but can find no reference to this verbiage being used anywhere else before the president's speech tonight. For the next 45 minutes, she goes back and forth, Between the speech, the notepad, and the internet. And, of course, to the bottle of wine. Before she knows it, the wine is taking an effect. Her thoughts are racing all over the place. There has to be some logical explanation for this. Eventually, she passes out on the couch. Having come to no new conclusions. Well, as you can imagine, the next morning, Marion rushes back to the mental institution. She's asked her staffers to bring Johnny to the room. She's interrogated everybody that she can think of to figure out who is playing this trick on her. Nobody seems to have any idea what she's talking about. So there she is sitting on one side of the table. Johnny is on the other. And now this time she's pounding on the table. And she demands, you have to tell me how you knew about the president's speech. Who told you what he was going to say? I have to know the truth. Who is the president? Oh, no. Marion realizes that she's not talking to Johnny or to the personality that claims to be the president of the United States. She's talking to the little girl, Shelby. She pounds on the table again. Shelby, I need to talk with the president. Go get the president. Let me talk to Ronald. Who's Ronald, she says. Can we have a tea party? Shelby, please, please let me talk to Ronald J. Fillmore. Marion screams. Hey, want to play hide-and-seek, Shelby responds. Oh, Marion realizes that she's not going to get anywhere while Johnny is in the personality of little Shelby. And there's nothing she can do to get them to change. In fact, she's never been able to get Johnny to willingly change from one personality to the other. She calls in her staffers, asks them to take Johnny back to his quarters, and instructs them to call her the minute that he is anybody else but Shelby. She leaves angrily and heads home to do more research on how her patient could possibly know what was going to be said in the State of the Union address. Four of the longest days ever pass until Marion gets that phone call. She's been notified that Johnny is no longer Little Shelby. She rushes back to the research facility. Again, has her staff bring Johnny into the room. There he is, sitting across the table from her. She has her file folder out. And this time, she wants answers. And again, pounding on the table, Are you President Fillmore? She asks. So you believe me now, he says. What changed your mind? Hold on, she says. I didn't say that I believe you. I just have to know how you knew. How I knew what, he says. How you knew what the president was going to say in his speech. Who told you that? Wait, what are you talking about, Johnny says. What do you mean, who told me? Did you hear those words somewhere else? Of course I heard them somewhere else, Marion said. The actual president used them in his speech last night. Johnny is very confused now. What are you talking about, he says. I haven't given the speech yet. I've been trapped in this place. You mean there's someone else out there claiming to be the president? giving my speech? Marion can't believe what she's hearing. Of course there is. Because you are not the president. He is. He's out there. You're in here. In an attempt to make her point, she gets out her mobile phone, types in Ronald J. Fillmore in the search engine, and holds up a picture of the president. See? See? This is the president of the United States. You look nothing like him. Again, he's out there in the White House. You are in here. He is the president. You are my patient, Johnny. Now, please tell me how you knew that the president was going to say those things about freedom. Johnny changes his tone. He sits back in his chair trying to process everything that he's heard. And he starts to speak. Listen to me, doctor. I, I understand that this is hard to believe. I, I know I don't look like the president. I don't know how or why this happened. But you have to believe me. Of course, Marion can't believe him. She responds that what he's saying is impossible. There's no way it's true, she says. I'm sorry. Johnny understands. He sits back and he thinks a little bit more. And then he says, I think that I can prove it to you. Prove it to me, Marion says. (laughs) Okay, I'll play along. How can you possibly prove to me that you are the President of the United States? Johnny, again, sitting back, very calmly this time, very collected. He explains, You know the other personalities inside Johnny? The ones that you know as Mason and Shelby? He says, I know about them. Again, Marion is totally shocked by this revelation. You see, personalities with this disorder, they don't normally know about the other personalities. Especially with this kind of clarity. How do you know? Johnny interrupts. Because I've met them, doctor. I've spoken to each of them. What do you mean you've met them? You understand they're not real. I I can't even believe I'm having this conversation with you. Where would you have met them? Johnny, again, in complete confidence, responds and says, Well, it's hard to explain, really. It's kind of like a room inside Johnny's mind. All of the people are in there. And they're all trying to get out. It's hard to breathe. One finally breaks through and forces the other personalities back into the room. That's why the personalities are always changing. Marion had never heard any description like this before in all of her research. She starts writing down every word furiously, thinking to herself, this could be the breakthrough I've been looking for. Johnny senses that she's still treating him like a patient. And he is frustrated, obviously. And in frustration, he reaches out and he grabs her hand and holds her pen. Doctor, listen to me, he says. These are not just personalities in Johnny's sick mind. They are real people, just like me. They used to be somewhere else. But somehow, we're all trapped now in this body. Of course, Marion's not going to believe him. I'm sorry, she says. That is just not possible. Again, Johnny, with great confidence, responds, I can prove it to you. Really? I can prove to you that they're real. Look, just humor me. Write down this information and then go check it out for yourself. At this point, Marion's going to write down anything he says because she's so intrigued by this new development. Johnny goes on to explain. You already know who Johnny is. Well, because he's your patient and this is his body. Now, Mason, on the other hand, let me tell you a little bit about him. His real name is Mason Johnson. He was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. He served two tours of duty in Iraq, Dr. Shelby. He says he had a fiancé named Melissa. And he was about to return home to marry her. And then one day he just woke up here. Marion is writing down every last word. Johnny goes on to explain that Shelby is also a real person. She says she's four years old. She doesn't know her last name. But she says her mother's name was Katie. All she can remember is that she disobeyed her mom. Walked down to the river. Stranger approached her, and that is the last thing that she remembers. Like Mason, then she woke up here. Marion finishes writing down all the information and then asks Johnny, So what? I'm just gonna type these names into the internet and it will come up as real people? Something like that, Johnny says. Please, doctor. Haven't I at least given you enough of a reason to try? (sighs) Marion sighs. And what am I supposed to do then, Johnny? Even if these are real people, it doesn't prove that they are inside of you and it doesn't prove that you are the President of the United States. It just proves that somehow you know real information. About people who were alive once. Honestly, what am I supposed to do if this is real? I miss my mommy. Do you know where my mommy is? Oh, no, Marion cries. Not now, Shelby, not now. Please bring back the president. Bring back Johnny. Bring back Mason. Bring back anybody. It was no use. Shelby had managed to work her way out, and the president had disappeared again. Marion has her staff take Johnny, who is now Shelby, back to his quarters. And once again, she tells her staff to notify her if anything changes. And she heads home to investigate this new information. As she drives home, she thinks to herself... That she must be losing her mind, and soon she's going to be a patient in the same mental facility. But how could Johnny know so many things? And what if Mason and Shelby end up being real? What then? Well, next time on The Host of Eden, Dr. Marion will have to face the most important decision of her life. If what she's being told is true, then nothing that she has believed in the past to be reality is actually reality. All of her study and research will be completely out the window. This is either a major medical breakthrough or something impossible is happening right before her eyes. Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong It's Coca-Cola nights at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk And Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5 Bring a Coca-Cola can and get Unlimited rides for just $14.95 Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5 Unlimited rides for just $14.95 At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk In the warm California sun